Um, just want to uh, really quick and share, it looks like for just a few minutes, um, about um, who are you serving? Who are you serving? And uh, so we're going to look at sec, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19 uh, and, and 20. It says, uh, what? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and you are not your own. Everybody say, I'm not my own. It says, for you are bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. So we were purchased with a great price. It was the, it's the great purchase. Anybody ever hear of the, the great purchase, the Louisiana purchase back in the day? Some of, some of the older folk in the room, maybe. But anyhow, uh, so, 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 but the greatest purchase, yeah, yeah. No, I mean those who paid attention in history class. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> None of us were there, I know, yeah. <clears throat> My mama wasn't there, your mama, no, anyway. <clears throat> So anyway, but the greatest purchase, the most, most expensive purchase was us. Jesus purchased us with his own life. Isn't that right? And uh, it's very difficult uh, to put any kind of a price on that. It's he, his blood is priceless, precious. Uh, we can't even explain it. Praise God. But that means that we are owned by God. Isn't that right? He bought us, which this is a good deal. If you want anybody to have ownership of you, you want God to have it. Isn't that right? Amen. And uh, in the New Living Translation, it says, for God bought you with a high price. So you must honor God with your body. So, so we have this earth suit, our body, which is being called a temple of the Lord uh, and, and a dwelling place for God. He no longer uh, is in, in a temple, praise God. That was torn, ripped, and now he dwells in us. And I think that's just amazing, very difficult to get our head around, but it's true, praise God. And uh, so I do want to talk about the word um, Lord, if you will. Um, the word Lord is the Greek word kurios, uh, and uh, there's actually three different uh, mindsets about the word. First, in its most common usage, it functioned as a polite word for sir. Everybody say sir. Amen. As our English word, sir, can be used in an ordinary sense and in a special sense, so it was with curios. In England, men who are, are knighted are given the title, sir, indicating the elevation of the common use of the word to the formal use of it. Secondly, is of the title Lord in the Greek culture was as a title given to men of the aristocratic class um, who were slave owners. These, this title was used figuratively for Jesus throughout the New Testament. He was called master by his disciples. Paul frequently introduced his epistles um, by saying, Paul, a slave of Jesus Christ, the word he used was doulos. Uh, there, there could not be slave doulos without Lord, all right? Uh, Paul declared, you are not your own. You were bought with the price, as we just read. Here the believer is seen as a possession of Jesus. Jesus owns his people. He is not a, a despot or a tyrant, as we might expect in an earthly slave master situation. In fact, the irony of New Testament lordship is the irony that only in slavery to Christ can a man discover authentic freedom. Did y'all hear what I said? Now, we've all so freaked out by the word slave, but here we see in the Bible of uh, that we are slaves of Jesus Christ, which is the absolute only way to freedom. 
years ago, um, uh, Minister Linda, um, I, I know you knew Greg Big Good. You remember him? And he was our, our original children's minister and a funny guy, had a little bit of a nasal, you know? And uh, so, so uh, uh, he, he was uh, talking to my brother. We were all hanging out at the apartment complex. I think we were in the jacuzzi and uh, we're witnessing and sharing the gospel. And my brother was there, my brother Larry. And, and he told my brother, he said, Larry, you need to become a slave to Jesus. And I was looking at my brother Larry, and he, that was just like, what? Because <laughs> it sounds like bondage, doesn't it? It sounds like servitude, doesn't it? Well, that's exactly what it is. It's servitude, but it's not bondage. It's freedom at its highest level. Isn't that something? Praise God. So I, when I got saved, that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to serve God, whatever that meant. I knew I didn't even know what it meant, but I'm gonna do it and find out. I'm gonna figure it out. I'm gonna find out how I can serve God with every ounce of my being, to honor God with everything that I am, uh, to not miss a beat with what he wants me to do. It's like, God, just let me do what you created me to do. And, and so we want to figure out, we want to hear his voice every single day so that we know I'm serving God. Praise God, amen, hallelujah. And uh, uh, it says this strange and ironic twist in teaching is found particularly in the writings of the Apostle Paul. Thirdly, so that was uh, the second one. Thirdly, and most important meaning of the title Lord was the imperial usage. Here the title was given to one who had absolute sovereignty over a group of people. It is a usage that was usually understood politically. Praise God. Let's look in our Bibles now at Luke chapter 17. The Gospel of Luke chapter 17, verses seven through 10. I'm actually using the living, the, excuse me, the New Living Translation. I'm gonna have to rush a little bit, so um, if you could try and keep up, if you can, just if you can hear, that would be important. When a servant comes in from plowing or taking care of sheep, does his master say, come in and eat with me? No, he says, prepare my meal, put on your apron and serve me while I eat. Then you can eat later. Now, this right here, uh, most of us in America have a problem with that. What? Oh, I ain't your servant. Well, then what are you? You are a servant to something. Let me say that to everyone. You may think, oh, I'm not a servant. Well, you are, whether you know it or not. You are serving something. Now, you could be serving yourself. You could be serving sin. You could be serving all kinds of things. So, but what the Bible clearly states is either you are serving Jesus, God, or you are not. <laughs> so we want to discover what does that mean? What does that mean? And so here he's talking about the servant. And uh, in, in uh, verse nine it says, and does the master thank the servant for doing what he was told to do? It says here, in red letters, Jesus is talking right now. And so it's not Paul or anyone else. This is actually Jesus. It says, uh, for do, uh, do, and does the master thank the servant for doing what he was told to do? Of course not. Like, what's the question? I'm like, man, this was rough on me, just so you know. I'm, so if you're having a tough time tonight with the Bible, I, believe me, this thing cut me to heart many a times. I've read this because I've taught on this subject over the years many times about um, yielding to authority and what God is expecting of us. And this passage that Jesus is talking is rough. In verse 10, it says, in the same way, when you obey me, you should say, we are unworthy servants who have simply done our duty. 
Woo, that just makes me want to dance and run. But it, it, it takes out from under us the, the, this neediness to be recognized and for everybody to do, you know, to, to say how cool you are. And, and this helps us to get over that because we are serving the master or we are serving something else. In this arena, when you talk about this, when people do it for kudos from, the, from people, it says they have received their reward. We're talking about the way we serve, you guys. How do you serve? Who do you serve? How do you serve? In what way do you serve? Do we have to pet you? Do we have to, oh man, this is, I hope I've got the mature people here tonight. Because I don't want this place to be empty next week. (laughs) Can I talk to you straight? Can I be real? Can I talk to you like you're grown in the Lord? We gotta, we gotta toughen up a bit. We gotta shake some stuff off. Not be walking around like the world wants us to walk around. The world wants us to be tentative. <laughs> it's just all about your emotions, you know, feelings. And I mean, they're just crazy. But here, Jesus, apparently, he has not read the book, How to Win Friends and Influence People. I mean, literally, he says, just say we are unworthy servants who have simply done what we we're supposed to do. So you came in from the field working and you continued to work because you are a servant and you fed me first and you get to eat. Thank God you got to eat. Just be thankful. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So my well-being, my joy, my happiness is not based on how everyone treats me. Now, don't get me wrong, I enjoy being treated well, but that's not where it comes from. I think we all like to, you know, have people say, hey, good job, well, well done, you know? But we have to tie ourselves to him. I'm serving him ultimately. Be, to be honest, I probably wouldn't be standing here if I was serving man. Motivation for quarterly fasting and prayer was for me to check in to make sure this is really where you want me to stand. And he doesn't say anything different. If I don't hear anything different, I ain't doing nothing different. But I won't move unless he tells me to move. And there's been a lot of reasons to move, none of them the Lord. A lot of feelings. Feelings. Nothing more than feelings. People write songs about this mess. I can't get no, right? You know what those things really matter? Nothing. Your feelings don't come into play. I mean, honestly, even your opinion, we have to subject to the word of God. Well, this is my opinion. That's nice. What's what's God's word saying? What is the Holy Ghost saying to you? What is it that he told you last to do? And if he doesn't change the mandate, then don't change what you're doing. Y'all with me? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Got one little boy saying hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. He's in agreement. (laughs) Matthew chapter 20. Thank you, Justin. 20, 24 through 28. It says this in the New Living Translation again. When the 10 other disciples heard what James and John had asked, they were indignant. You know, they were looking for a high position. 
But Jesus called them together and said, you know that the rulers in this world lord it over their people and officials flaunt their authority over those under them. But among you, it will be different. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant. Mm -mm -mm. A little different than uh, the world's mindset, isn't it, you guys? Unfortunately, it's different than many church mindsets. That people are chiming for position and chiming to do this and chiming to do that. I'm just, I'm just glad to be here and, and amazed that I'm standing here doing this. And, and I really believe that if we will recognize this and follow this, that God will lift you up in due season. So, so it, it, when you think of slavery, there's obviously some humility involved in it, isn't there? We're a slave for Jesus. It says, whoever wants to be first among you must become your slave. For even the son of man came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. If that's how Jesus rolled, you guys, what makes you think you get to do something different? We're gonna have to get to serving each other and loving each other. And that's, that's messy, that's dirty. It can be, isn't that right? Yeah, I'm, I'm saying that the nursery is, you know, uh, one of the you know more naturally soily areas, <clears throat> but but messy is the mess of people's lives. People's lives are messy, and that's who God wants us to serve and help and love. And it gets messy, right? You start working with people, and you just think, how many of you resist relationships because they're messy? I, I'm just going to admit. You find me hiding in a coat rack at Walmart. <laughs> you bring a walkie-talkie like, Roger, is it clear? <laughs> because it takes effort. It takes energy. It takes just so much of your soul when we work with people's lives that are difficult and messy. But yet God's required of us because it's walking in love. I may not want to do it, but I tell you what, when I start doing it and they get helped and they get free and they, their, their marriage or their life or their family is restored, then we have that wonderful, amazing feeling of, man, God used me to help somebody. That's what being a slave to Jesus means is that we're just serving him in any way he asks us to do. And none of us are above anything. Y'all with me? And I, I love Everyone, I, I'm a per, people person, you know, and you say, see, that's what you are, pastor. You are a people person. Well, that's a good thing because that's pretty much my job. People. And uh, I've had young people come up to me and say, I, I believe I want to do what you do, Pastor Andy. I, I want to be a pastor. I said, you may want to start coming to church then. <laughs> like more than four times a year. But they want to be a pastor. You want to jump from wherever that is they are to this. It's like, yeah, we got some work to do. Let's look at um, at 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 23 in, in the New Living. It says, It says, God paid a high price for you, so don't be enslaved by the world. So you can be enslaved by Jesus, you can serve Jesus, or you can serve this world and its system. And when I say serving the world and its system, that means that you're just doing uh, whatever you want to do. 
And one of the major things you see that uh, the Apostle Paul talk about is that we've been delivered from selfishness. So a lot of people are their own master, serving themselves and no other, and really protect themselves from everything, and don't allow any type of thing into their life that would inconvenience them. But I'm telling you that this, what God is requiring of us, is not convenient all the time to serve and to help, to answer the phone and call back. And I mean, it's just, it's overwhelming sometimes. Overwhelming. I've had to um, create some borders for myself just because I'm human and I do need sleep and I have to continue to function. So I do have to create some boundaries. It's not because I don't want to help people. It's just I want to live and not die. And, and, and uh, so, so the, the needs of the kingdom of God are greater than I can take care of or minister Linda or minister Darnell or minister Ty or, and the list goes on, minister Joe. And it's too big for us. So guess what? We need for a lot more slaves to come on board. I am a slave. I am a slave to Jesus and the purpose of God. And therefore I have endeavored to honor my pastor by serving him. Essentially, um, nobody wants to hear this, but I am essentially creating a slave relationship in some sense to Pastor David. That he says, I would like to see this done. I've said this out of my own mouth. I've said, Pastor, I don't want to do that, but you know I will. Because that's how I, I've lived my life in this church. Minister Linda can concur, Minister Darnell, that that's how I have conducted myself. And I made it clear, I don't really want to do it, but you know I will. And, and because he's a great leader, it doesn't move him a bit. He's like, great. <laughs> like I didn't say anything. All he heard is I will do it. He didn't hear the part how, how uncomfortable it is or how inconvenient it is or it's not really my personality. I could have went on and on. All he heard was, but you know I will do it. And therefore, I do it. And so what about Jesus? What has he asked of you? Has he asked of you something? Are you creating that slave relationship with the Lord? Or do you access for convenience? Is he the holy Walmart for you to get whatever you need and get out? Go back to your corner? God's calling us up, I believe 2024, that the body of Christ, the 11th hour workers, actually literally are here in church and are awakening to the 11th hour to serve the kingdom without reservation, to not be afraid of relationships anymore, to not be afraid, well, what if I hurt them? What if they hurt me? What about that? What about this? Listen, we are dead and our life is hid with Christ in God, we are called to do whatever it is we're called to do. So we need to roll up our sleeves and get in there. Do it. The young, the old, the middle-aged, everybody on board serving the master. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Everybody say God is good. <laughs> First Peter, this is the, formerly the 2-9 the group had this scripture as their uh, you know, main scripture is 1 Peter 2, 9 and 10 in New Living Translation says, but you are not like that for you are a chosen people. You are a royal priest, a holy nation, God's very own possession. 
Here we are. You're his possession. You're not your own. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God, for he called you out of the darkness into his wonderful light. Once you had no identity, this is verse 10, as a people, now you are God's people. Once you received no mercy, now you have received God's mercy. So God saved us out from something. He purchased you for himself for something valuable and important. You're carrying precious cargo. You're carrying a supply that the body of Christ needs. And I know you just think it's this thing or that thing, but it's probably much greater than whatever you're thinking. That you are more valuable and more precious to us than you are giving yourself credit for. Because God created you, if this is your home, this is your church, that we are your family, then there is a supply that you are are to give that we will suffer if you do not. So we don't care if you're five years old or 100. We need to become that person who's willing to do whatever it takes that God is requiring of us. Praise God. He calls us in out of the fields. We serve food. We, we, we've already worked with the sheep. Y'all with me? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. <laughs> uh, praise God. So we are slaves to something. Here in Romans chapter one. Oh, Lord, I'm out of time. I apologize. Romans chapter one, verse one, New Living. It says, this letter is from Paul. Y'all there? This letter is from Paul. What does it say? A slave. Why would Paul say that? He is way up on the list. He wrote, you know, half the New, half the New Testament. But he's, he identifies himself. First of all, my first most important title is a slave of Jesus Christ. Chosen by God to be an apostle. In other words, I am a slave functioning in this capacity. Isn't that something? Sent out to preach the good news. So, so we are, believe me, if Jesus said I came to serve, not to be served, if Paul says I am a slave, guess what we all are? Everybody say, I'm a slave. And so, so we need to, to find out where our service will take us. Isn't that right? Hallelujah. I'm gonna go to Romans chapter six really quick. I'm gonna just have to end. I'm just running out of time here. <clears throat> so Sorry. Romans chapter six, verse 15, this new living still. And uh, we're gonna look, um, I don't know if I'm gonna make it, but we're gonna try and get to verse 23, all the way 15 through 23. It says, well then, since God's grace has set us free from the law, does that mean we can go on sinning? Of course not. Don't you realize that you became the slave of whatever you choose to obey? You can be a slave to sin, which leads to death, or you can choose to obey God, which leads to righteous living. Thank God, once you were slaves of sin, but now you wholeheartedly obey this teaching we have given you. Now you are free from your slavery to sin, and you have become slaves to righteous living. You know, it's interesting that this is even in the Bible because it seems like so many people believe that you have to sin. This is saying that you used to serve and be a slave to sin, Now you are a slave to righteousness. So if you are a slave to righteousness, that means that you are no longer leaning over towards that other thing, whatever it is. I was a slave to sin. 
Now I'm a slave to righteousness. And man, it's better. I love being a slave to righteousness. Praise God. And, and uh, it goes, goes on to say, um, 19, verse 19, because of the weakness of your human nature, I am using the illustration of slavery to help you understand all this. Previously, you let yourselves be slaves to impurity and lawlessness, which led ever deeper into sin. Now, everybody say now. Now you must give yourselves to be slaves to righteous living so that you will become holy. Isn't that amazing? So we are living our lives as slaves to righteousness, which actually eventually becomes a holy lifestyle. Now, we don't do this by observance of the law, just so you know. Paul deals with that in Galatians. If you believe just observing the law is the way to do it, then you will fail. But if you walk in the spirit where righteousness flows from, you will live free and won't even think about those kind of things. Because then, uh, just so you know, when you see pornography, gentlemen, or whoever's looking at that stuff, you immediately go, ha, you don't go, ooh, whoa, blow it up, and, and you know? You just say, Psh, that has no hold on me. That has no hold on me. Or if you walk by the store and the alcohol used to be your problem, whatever the case is, and it starts talking to you, you go, ha, <laughs> I remember that. Has no hold, has no grab. You're walking in a different place that does not have access to you. Anger, y'all with me? Whatever it may be, those things are your old life. They have died, they're gone, they're hidden with Christ in God. That's not who you are. And to just quit saying, I'm a sinner, see, by grace. You sound like a billy goat. It's not the word of God. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You have been set free from sin and its hold on your life. So if, if, if it was just that we just do the best he can and we know we're gonna fail, uh, then wow, what a way to live. But that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says you are the righteousness of God. And we live as slaves to righteousness. Slaves to righteousness. I've had people tell me, you're just, you're just religious. No, I'm righteous. I don't tell them I'm righteous, but I'm just saying I'm just living the way I want to live in God. And I, this does not include smoking weed, or, you know, smoking dope, skipping rope, you know. <laughs> I don't want those things anymore. They have no access to me. None of it. And it's not self-righteousness. It's just not what I want to do. Is there things that you don't want to do, you guys? Is there things, I'm serious, just... Like, I don't want to do that. And that's how I feel about sin. I don't want to do that. I don't want to uh, destroy my marriage. I don't want to destroy my children. I don't, want to, I don't want to do that. That just seems so stupid. I don't care how naked a girl gets or how good she looks. That is not going to happen. I might have to run and leave my coat just like Joe, but I'm going to get out of there. You know what I'm saying? Y'all know who Joe is? Yeah, okay. Joseph, yeah, never mind. Anyway. <laughs> and sin, by the way, sin, this is a saying that all of my youth used to hear me say. Sin will take you farther than you ever thought you'd go. It will keep you there longer than you ever intended to stay. And it will cost you more than you ever expected to pay. 
just so you know, just so you know. And if you've had trouble with things, then you just treat it like skull and crossbones, poison. I'm not gonna touch that, the devil's a liar, right? But Paul's telling us that we have no business with it. You're a slave to righteousness, right? Praise the Lord, hallelujah, amen. Glory to God, hallelujah to Jesus. And uh, we're in, did I read verse 20 yet? No, can I finish this really quick? Thank you. When you were, I think I heard somebody grunt. When you were slaves to sin, you were free from the obligation to do right. And what was the result? You are now ashamed of the things you used to do, things that end in eternal doom. But now you are free from the power of sin. Everybody say, I'm free from the power of sin. And have become slaves of God. Now you do those things that lead to holiness and result in eternal life. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through, through Christ Jesus, our Lord. Praise the Lord. And uh, I will finish one scripture really quick. Ephesians 4.1 says, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you are called. So that is what I wanna leave you with tonight, is that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you were called. That means that what God created you to do um, is this wonderful, amazing place that we walk worthy of that thing he created us for and that we don't uh, you know, grieve the Holy Spirit by doing things uh, that would contradict this life that's on the inside of us, this righteous life, if you will. And, and I look in this room and, and this, there's just all kinds of different age people right here tonight and, and it really it is something that can strike the heart of a child and change their whole life and existence. If they set their face towards the purpose of God and I wanna please Jesus with my whole life, it will set the course, set the stage and keep them in the plan that God has for them. And it can do the same no matter how old you are. Listen, we're not talking about your past. We're talking about your present and what you will do with it from here, your future. I believe 2024 is, is a tremendous, amazing year for the church and for each of us as Christians and believers to realize the greatness that God has for us to live and walk out. You say, well, I've had some serious difficulty, Pastor Andy. But listen, if you'll just become a slave to Jesus, it'll make 24, 2024 look different. I said, if you'll become a slave to Jesus, because it'll change the way you act towards everyone. How would Jesus speak to them? How would Jesus act in this situation? We used to have those little bracelets, you know, what would Jesus do? Praise God. And so it's a good thing to ask. <laughs> How would Jesus respond in this situation? Praise the Lord. So I'm believing that God is raising up in this house some amazing servants for the house of God. Jesus came to serve, and Paul said he was a servant. That would make all of us in the same boat with them.